Well, hey guys, welcome to Grace City Youth. So glad that you guys are here today. Just like they said, if you are a guest with us, man, we're so glad you are here. When we have people come for the first time, man, you aren't friends anymore. You are part of the Grace City Youth family. Real quick, I want to highlight somebody. Uh, like they said, we have something going on tonight called Discover. And for us, that is, man, if you've been coming on Revive Nights, coming to Cruise, and you want to get more involved, man, Discover is your next step. And for us, we believe, just like Abby said, that you have been created different on purpose. And it's when you begin to use your gifts and talents to serve that you begin to realize, man, just the joy that can come in life. And I want to highlight somebody, somebody who has been coming since day one. And, man, the moment they came, they began to plug in and serve and kids and babies. And now, man, those kids, they look up to this person more than they look up to their parents, to be honest with you. And this person has uh, got a little bit more involved. She's now running most of our social media. And if we can, just real quick, I just want to give it up for Miss Kylie Sullivan. Give it up for her. This girl, now, I'm not, it's not just her. There are literally like 75 of you in here who are serving every single week. But we just want you guys to know that. Man, this is not about a dude up here in a microphone. This is not about the interns or the leaders. Man, you guys are the church. And what's so cool is our church on Sundays of 1,200 people, man, it's the youth that are showing up. And so that's really cool to watch and see. Well, hey, guys, tonight we are continuing a conversation that we have been having over the last couple weeks titled Talking to Jesus. And just like any guy, when he begins to start to date a female, he needs to learn before he, how he can talk to them how to understand and listen to them. Because females are very complicated. And if you want to start a relationship with somebody, you need to stop talking and begin listening. And see, in the world today right now, many people are so preoccupied with praying and talking to Jesus that we have forgot man, how to hear his voice. And we talked about last Revive Night how for, as a follower of Jesus, the most natural thing for you to do is to hear and to be led by the voice of God. And last week we talked about how before you hear God's voice, there are other voices in your life that are vying for your attention. Before you ever are going to be able to hear God's voice for your life and walk in the life he has for you, man, you've got to listen out for the voice of the enemy because his voice comes to distort and deceive you. And you've got to watch out for your own voice because your voice will disqualify and demean you from doing the things and living the life God has for you. But that was last week. And so this week's going to be a lot of fun. Tonight we're talking about the how. Okay, how to actually hear the voice of God. And when I say hearing his voice, I mean like, the same way that you hear me right now, I mean actually hearing his voice. And God speaks in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it is audibly, but man, biblically speaking, speaking, biblically speaking, there are 20 plus ways to hear God's voice. And so you need to know, God speaks in a ton of ways. Like for example, there was this pastor, he discovered the life verse. Have you ever heard of this? That every person has like their life verse? You ever heard of that? Okay, I'm about to teach you something. Chris, he's sitting in the back. He knows, so he's been around for a minute. For us youngins in here, our Gen Z, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you something. This pastor learned about the life verse. And he learned that God, when he created them, he gave every human being a life verse. So if you want to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to grow in your identity and your purpose, if you want to grow in God, you got to figure out your life verse. Well, what is it? Well, what he discovered is that the year that you were born, it can be broken up into a chapter of the Bible and a verse. And he said the first two digits, numbers, they are the chapter. Okay, some of y'all thinking right now. And the last two are the verse. And so for me, I'm born in 1996, so I would be some book in the Bible, chapter 19, verse 96. There was this guy, this was a while ago, there was this guy listening, and he was born in 1935. He's like, all right, bet, I'm going to figure out my life verse. So he looked in Genesis, 1935, his life verse. That night they got their father drunk, and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. The father was oblivious to what happened. 
homie, my friend got Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things. We're talking about your versus incest. What kind of life you finna live? You know what I'm saying? Guys, hear me. There are a lot of right ways to hear from God, and there are a lot of wrong ways to hear from God, and that is definitely one of them. You ain't got no life verse. The verse for you is the freaking Bible. The Bible says read it. When you read it, it will become, that's a whole different thing. So don't listen to this guy. You ain't got no life verse. Y'all see them TikToks. It's like, your soulmate's initials in your left thumbprint. Homie, I'm getting a, a number. I ain't even got no letter. You know what I'm saying? When I'm, finna, you know, like, I'm waiting for AI to really manifest. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what I'm doing over here. All you single people, it ain't on your thumbprint, okay? And so tonight, there are a million different ways to hear God, but I want to focus in on two ways. Tonight, literally, when you go home, you can hear the voice of God for yourself, and you can actually know that it is God speaking to you. Number one is the word. And and tonight, I'm going to be a little teachy. I feel like with this topic, you kind of need to know a little bit more. People don't really talk about hearing God anymore because they think God is deaf. Like he wrote his word, so now he shut up. It's like, you ever been in a relationship with somebody that don't talk to you? It's because they're dodging you, not because they want to have a relationship with you. And so God is not dodging you. We just don't exactly know how to listen and don't know the ways that they communicate. I've been with my wife now for 10 years, dated for seven. Oh, God, I was an idiot. I'm still, you know, kind of am. You know what I'm saying? Uh, married for four. And I'm still every day learning how to communicate with my wife. And it's a process, as with any relationship. But the number one and best and easiest way to know how to hear God's ver- voice is through his word. Hear me when I say this. Uh, God's word is filled with God's words. You know what I'm saying? In other words, like we talked about last October, in the Bible there are two words for the word word. You know what I'm saying? In the Bible there are two words for the word word. So when I say through his word, I'm talking about the Bible. But see, there's actually, there's more. Okay? I'm going to say some words you guys are going to repeat because it's a whole other language. So hear me when I say this. So when the Bible uses the word word, Word, there are two words for it. Logos, which means the written word, and then rhema, which means the spoken word. It's the same exact thing. This right now, this would be my rhema. This is my spoken word to you. Like if I want to communicate something, I'm going to talk to Kevin, and the way that I talk is going to talk, be indicative of our relationship. So when I talk, I'm going to have a little sense of humor. I'm probably going to joke on him a little bit, and a lot of my communication is going to be based on our previous relationship. And I'm probably going to joke on him and say something. But if a first-time guest comes in here, I'm going to be on my best dang behavior because I don't want to be off-putting to you. Because if I act like I do to you, like I do with Kevin, you're probably going to go to the groves. Like, this is facts. And I'll be like, dude, I'm, I'll call, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, or I might go to another church. Here's the thing. Like, you need to be off-putting. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. Here's the deal, though. It's relationship. And so this is what I want us to focus on. This is why this is important. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible, all of God's word, his word, his Bible, is written for you, but it's not all written to you. Like, your Bible, the word, the spoken, inspired word of God, all of it was written for you, but it wasn't all written to you. Meaning, everything in the Bible, God does not condone, like he didn't, he does not condone incest, and everything in the Bible is not something that you must do. So in order to do this, you need relationship with God. But here, here, here's the tricky part, and this is what I want us to focus on. If all of God's word is, is written for you but not to you, meaning you're not supposed to do everything in it, and if the Bible also says that his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, well, then what do you do with your life? Like We talk all the time about building your life on the word of God. How do you do that? Well, you need his rhema. You need his voice. And see, there are so many people, they have a relationship with a book, but they don't have a relationship with the author. So many people in life, they are so confused because they're doing all the right things, but they're actually wrong because the voice of God is trying to lead them to do something 
different, not contrary. You need both. If you don't hear anything else, I say you need to hear this. And this is why this is so important. The more of God's word you have in your heart, the more of God's voice you will hear in your ears. It's the logos and the rhema. See, if you want to grow in a relationship with me, you need to hear my voice, but you also need to spend time with me because the more that you know me, you're able to kind of know my voice a little bit more. And it's the same with God. If you want to actually hear the voice of God, it is imperative, man, that you get in his word because the more of God's word that you have in your heart, man, the more of his voice you will hear in your ear. But the next one, this is the fun one. Number two, God speaks in a whisper. He speaks in a whisper. So if you want to hear the voice of God, you need to get in the word of God, but you need to know that he speaks in a whisper. So the story of a man named Elijah, and Elijah, he was a prophet. Just so you know like what the heck a prophet is, I ain't talking like profit margin, making money. I'm talking about a prophet in the Bible to where literally their job was to hear from God and speak to everybody on behalf of God. It's actually kind of cool, as we're going to talk about this in the two weeks after the weekend, God actually calls us to be prophets. Like God actually, hear me when I say this, I don't matter who you are, God actually wants to speak not just to you, but through you. God actually wants every single one of us to be prophets in our school, in our family, whatever, to where other people, they can't hear from God, but they can hear from you. You know what I'm saying? And so God wants to speak not just to you, but through you. Uh, but there's something that you need first, and we're going to do that on the last night of the weekend. It's going to be fun. So make sure you, you stay involved. But this guy, his name was Elijah, and he was desperate to hear the voice of God because uh, the most powerful lady in the world at that time, Jezebel, y'all say Jezebel. If y'all date somebody named Jezebel, you go into, it's not going to end up well. You know what I'm saying? If you're dating Jezebel, it ain't going to end up well. You're going to end up, don't date a girl named Jezebel. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's more cats named Jezebel than anything. And so he's scared to death because Elijah, he did something kind of dirty to Jezebel and her kingdom. And so Jezebel said this in her weird words. She said, may God deal with me ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I don't have you killed. It's like the first lady, you know what I'm saying? Like this is the king Ahaz's wife, and so he's scared to death. So he does what any, you know, righteous man does. He runs for his freaking life. And so it's funny where he runs. He runs to this place called Mount Oreb. A little Bible quiz question. Does anybody know why he ran to that specific mountain? I don't expect anybody to know. I had to study it and figure it out. He ran to this mountain because that mountain was the very place that God spoke for the first time to the Israelites. And so Ahaz, and kind of see yourself in this story for a minute, Ahaz, or Elijah, he was in the worst moment of his life. He's contemplating suicide, and he's desperate to hear a word from God. He's running for his life. He feels alone. There's nobody around him, and he's desperate to hear God. So he chooses to go to a place he's never been, but he knows God has been there. I don't know where you guys are at tonight. I don't know if, you know, if you're anxious, depressed, worried, or you know, on top of the world. I don't know where you are, but I do know that the church is Mount Oreb a lot of times. A lot of times you'll be going through life and it feels like you are alone. You're in this place. You don't know what else to do. And sometimes for you, your last hope is to go to the church. You have no other desire than, God, I need you to show up for me. Some of you, man, you might be in a situation where you are desperate to hear the voice of God and you tried everything else. You tried reading. You've tried praying. But you keep getting judged. You keep feeling this way. And you are in a place where, God, I need you to speak to me. Because, God, if you don't show up, well, then why should I continue to show up day after day? What's the purpose for me anymore? And so God began to teach him how he actually speaks in relationship. And this is what happened. He went to the mountain and he went in the cave and it said this. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. Talking to Elijah. For the Lord is about to pass by. He's about to speak to you. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Saying, 
God's voice wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What's so incredible is that all those other ways were ways that God had spoke before. Nobody had ever known the whisper. And see, God was trying to communicate to Elijah on your worst day, on your deepest, darkest day, when it feels like nobody else is around, there is something else that's still there, but you have to be quiet enough to listen. It's his whisper. And this is weird because, guys, let's be honest, if any person in your life wants to get your attention, what do they do? They raise their voice. Parents, teachers, coaches, whatever. If you're in class and a substitute teacher is trying to get your attention, what are they finna do? Hello, class! My old teacher, she had eyes popping out her head like this. I don't know if my wife is here. She used to bang on the side with a stapler. Class! How you going? Nah, little man, what you doing? Broke bank, don't call her out. Nah. No, 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 we leaving. Nah, no, nah, no, nah. leave Lee County alone, man. They got to deal with y'all anyway. No, they raise their voice, like my parents, to get my attention. We don't, I'm trying to get Jason's attention. Jace, stop throwing the food, man. My kid, my, my dog can't eat. You know what I'm saying? We raise our voice. And so here's the deal. If God so desperately wants to communicate with us, if he wants relationship with us as much as we say, if God so desperately wants to share his plan and his heart for us that he would send his son to die for us, why does he communicate differently? Why does he lower his voice? Why is that? In a world where people are trying to get your attention by raising their voice, why does God lower his? It's because he wants relationship with you. The most intimate form of communication is whispers, when you tell secrets. It's to the point where the only way that you can ever hear a whisper is what? You have to lean in. What do we say all the time, man? Lean in. Do not just listen. Lean in. Because why? When you lean into God, he leans into you. And the beautiful irony is that God is pursuing you. He's not waiting to lean in. He is pursuing you with everything in you. The Bible says that God's thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand on every beach in the world. He literally sent his son to die for the fact that he might have a chance to love you for a moment, but you might actually crucify him in the process. You know what I'm saying? Like, God loves you so much, and he's waiting for you to lean in and listen because he speaks through a whisper. And it's in his whisper that you will begin to find the most beautiful voice ever, the voice that actually will begin to get you out of the deepest darkness of your life. There was a student. There is a student who comes here, and her name is Riley Coronati. And some of you, you guys know her, uh, but some of you, what you wouldn't know is that this girl, she's dealt with crippling anxiety and depression and panic attacks. And somebody who's walked through that knows just how hellish that, that can be. And, um, you know, she's been coming for a while, and she's, you know, read the word, and she's been in all these environments before. And she, she said that one day she was going through life, and out of nowhere, she just felt what she described to me as a whisper. And it said, go to Romans. Those of you who don't know, Romans is just a letter in the Bible that Paul wrote to church in Rome. So she goes and she opens her version Bible app, and she goes to Romans, and it flips to this verse right here. It was really cool. Romans 12, 12. It says, let this hope burst within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in times of trouble, but commune or, or, or be intimate, man. Have a relationship with God at all times. And in that moment, she said that it was like those words came alive and it jumped off the page at her. And it's funny because she's heard that verse thousands of times before, being in church, like her parents were literally pastors. She's a pastor because she's heard this a million times, but something was different this time. What was it? She wasn't just reading the logos. She heard the rhema. She heard his voice because there's something about the voice of a father who cares for you enough to send his son to die for you that's comforting in your most deepest, darkest moment. 
It said, look, this verse is not just written to the Romans, it's written to you, my daughter. And it's, it's, she, she wrote me and she, she said this. She said, it's crazy, I, I picked apart this verse a little bit and I put the second line first where it says, don't give up in times of trouble, but run to God always. And that's really helped me when I'm having an anxiety attack, for example, because I could take a deep breath, cast all my trouble on him. And then I have been able to turn around and really hear the part where it says, let this hope burst within you, releasing a continual joy to where I can instantly put a smile on my face and genuinely be joyful afterwards and have the hope that my anxiety is only for a season. It doesn't define me and it can leave whenever I go to God. See, that is the power of the voice of God and he longs to speak to you. This is not some fake then that we say you have to aspire to a certain spiritual height to hear his voice. The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice and you as a follower of Jesus, the most natural thing for you isn't prayer or reading the Bible. You've got to teach those things. What you don't have to teach, what's innate in you, just like breathing, is hearing and being led by the voice of God. But the question is, are you listening or what are you listening to? Guys, there are so many voices out there that are literally trying to deceive you trying to distort your view of God. Your own negative self-talk is killing yourself because you don't know who you really are. The most confused moment of your life is when you look in the mirror because you don't know who you're looking at. And the Bible says that you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus because he's the one who created you. How is the creation able to define itself? That's the creator's job. And guys, what is so beautiful about our relationship with God, this is not something that we chose. The Bible says he chose us. I wanna read this verse, and this is every single one of us. Jesus said this about us, John 15, 16, it says, didn't choose me, but I've chosen you and I've commissioned you to go into all the world to bear fruit and your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father, God, for my sake, he will give it to you. That is the beauty of a relationship and following Jesus. It's not you choosing God. It's you silencing every other voice that's tried to follow you and going back home and returning the favor. Jesus said, look, before you were born, I chose you. Will you choose me? Guys, I know the difference between religion and relationship. I grew up in a church that tried to beat this down my throat, and so I did it because it was right. There's a difference between right and good. Choose the good. When God created you, he said you are good. Who else has a voice in your life? Nobody. They didn't create you. They're insecure because they don't know their own life. They don't know his voice. Jesus Christ, when he was killed, he looked at the people killing him. He said, God, forgive them because they don't know yet. And God wants to use you to speak to those people who don't know yet. But first, you must listen and hear for yourself. And it starts with a relationship. And real quick, I just want to take this moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody. We do this all the time. If I can just have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. There's a moment for some of you that you would say, man, I've never started a relationship with Jesus. For you, you would say, man, that I have been here every week. Maybe I'm new, but I've never fully said yes to him. I don't really know what that looks like. I don't know what it means to follow Jesus. I've heard some people do it, and it was weird. I've watched people do it, and it was horrible. But if you're in here and you feel that tug, the Bible says that God stands at the door of your heart and knocks. Because the Bible says that when you were in your worst state, it wasn't up to you to fix yourself. It was Jesus who fixed it for you on the cross. And three days later, he rose again. And he chose you. And now it's up to you to open the door and invite him in. And you do that just by saying yes to him. And so tonight, if you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus and you want to say yes tonight, nobody's looking around. I just want you to raise your hand just so I can pray for you right now. I just want to pray for you that this would not be a life that you have to live based on everybody else's voice, but by God's voice. I see your hand. I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you for every person who just raised their hand. And I pray in this moment, God, that they would see you for the first time. God, I pray for every person in here. God, I pray that they would know your love, that they would become so convinced of just how amazing they are because of the person who created them. God, I pray that from this day forth, you would fill them 
with your spirit and you would guide them and lead them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And just kind of, you guys can look up, just to stay in this attitude for a moment. Um, I think there's more for a lot of us. We're about to go to cruise, but has anybody dated somebody before? I mean, let's be real. You know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, all the, all the sixth graders up here, but I dated everybody. Girl, can you spell date? I ain't talking about the fruit, homie. I'm talking about a relationship. No, yeah, hear me, hear me, hear me. See, there's a difference between dating and marriage. And hear me when I say this. There's a lot of people who are, and I'm going to explain my point, who are dating Jesus. But he died so that we could be his bride. You know what I'm saying? Like, hear me when I say this. Jesus Christ died not to, so we can just say, man, yeah, I follow Jesus. Yeah, I do all this stuff. He died so that we would become his bride. And what I mean by that, when you're dating somebody, you have an easy escape hatch. It's very easy when you're dating for somebody, man, when the average relationship is two weeks just to dump them off. Guys, Jesus did not come for us to simply dump him off later. He came for a commitment. Because when you're dating somebody, there is no commitment. It's somebody to make yourself feel better until somebody else better looking comes longer, gives you more attention because you're insecure because you don't know where your true attention should be. So you give it to guys only to have them insecure, objectify you in this ongoing cycle of hurt and pain. The thing, the thing is, there are many people in here, they have relationship with Jesus, but they've never committed fully. And this is what I love about water baptism, guys. We have this coming up in two weeks. And, and for us, the Bible describes water baptism as a wedding ceremony. How many, when you give your life to Jesus, you say yes, like some of you did. That's you saying, okay, I do. But then there's an engagement process and there's, there's a ceremony. And there's something powerful about a wedding ceremony. When you say I do in front of everybody, there's a commitment. There's you put the rings on and you say from this day forth, you are mine and I am yours. And there are people who are dating Jesus, but they have yet to give him everything. And you wonder why you're living less than. Guys, literally, there are things in marriage that you cannot get anywhere else. You cannot be fully known by them because there are still things separating you. Guys, there is more for you. And for some of you in the room, maybe you've followed Jesus for a little bit, but you've never taken that step. I'm telling you, the time is now to take that step. Maybe for some of you, you got baptized when you were a kid. And honestly, I did it because I wanted my mom to take me to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like, but then I got baptized later. I didn't know what it meant. But if you didn't know what it meant and you want to again, like, that's okay. I challenge you guys, if you want more, your life. I'm not going to make you raise your hand or whatever. If you want more, you can ask the people in the room. There's something supernatural that takes place when you go down in those waters because it's literally saying, I am done with everything else in my past. I'm living a new life. It doesn't make you perfect, but it changes your direction because God cares more about the direction of your heart than the perfection of your humanity. God cares more about where you're headed than who and where you are. So I want to challenge you tonight, wherever you are, man, uh, we'll sign ups at the info table. If that is the next step you want to take, talk to your crew leader. Go home, talk about it with your parents, whatever. I challenge you to do that. Because there's something beautiful that happens when you finally take a stand in front of everybody and say, you know what, I'm not going back. Because you will never get all that God has for you until you actually go, go, go all in. Man, Jesus said it's those who try to save their life that lose it. But when you lose your life for his sake, you will find life and life to the fullest. I want to pray for us real quick. And then we will uh, do one more thing and then we'll head to cruise. God, I thank you so much just for tonight. And I pray uh, right now for every single person who, who made a decision, whether in their heart or with their hand, God, I pray that from this day forth, you would lead them to life and life abundantly. And I just pray, God, that you would show those in here who need to take that next step, that this is the time for them. God, I pray and cruise, and then we'd have a lot of fun. I pray that, man, we would find a family, we'd find a home here, and, man, you would make this week incredible. In Jesus' name, amen.